Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. It is a great day for us to gather in this venue at this time, in this place, gathered at home, gathered with family, gathered with the Lord. We're glad that you have taken the time to be here as we continue our thoughts to tonight as we are discussing the concept of special religious holiday observance. I remind you from this morning that we've already established the idea that God approves of these spiritual special holidays that we might observe. Romans 14 very clearly says that we have the right, one man observes a day and another one doesn't. And before God he does or does not do it. And therefore we accept the idea that as individuals we may in fact observe these special holidays for ourselves. Now, we are not in the Richmond Church of Christ. We have not followed the, the church calendar that a lot of the religious world has followed uh, using this time of the Easter season, as they call it. As we saw this morning, it lasts about 47 days, and they have various things that happen during that time. We've not followed that as a church, and, and never have, and I, I intend that we probably never will. But to say that an individual on his or her own journey with God does that or does not do that, that's up to them, and we've already seen that today. But even if we've established the idea that it is okay to have these spiritual holidays, shall we say, religiously observing certain days, I want to suggest to you that there is a danger connected to them. There is a potential danger in this idea of these religious holidays. And so I want you to journey with me as we consider this concept that there are some dangers connected with doing even what God has permitted us to do, which is why it's not a commanded thing. It is a permitted thing. And so we have to be aware of the dangers. We have to understand the potential dangers and, and avoid them if we're going to practice these religious holidays for ourselves. I want to give you a few thoughts as they relate to these dangers. And I'd like for you to walk with me through some texts and through some things that are happening in this world with these ideas even today. I want to begin with what I think is probably the most obvious one, and that is these religious holidays can be dangerous if one uses them as a sign of spirituality. That is, if a person says, I'm going to observe these religious holidays, and, and not only am I going to do it, but I'm going to say that if you don't do it, you're not as spiritual as I am. 
You see, that's the danger that can come from observing them. The mindset that then puts the person observing those days apart from everybody else and saying that no one else is on the same spiritual plane. It's easy to call to mind in the New Testament people who had that mindset, the Pharisees. They were people who stood before everybody and said, Basically, by their attitudes and even sometimes by their words, we're just better than you. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, and we start at, at verse 1. Jesus said, Therefore, when you do your charitable deeds, do not do like the hypocrites, for they love to do their charitable deeds in front of men that they may be seen of men. I tell you, they have their reward for they love to do their charitable deeds standing on the corners of the street and in the synagogues. They wanted to be seen. And by doing this, they were establishing themselves as on a higher spiritual plane. People sometimes in doing things for the Lord use those things that are deemed as individual liberties as a way of showing that they are much more spiritually minded than anyone else. But look what Jesus did with these Pharisees who were doing what they did. He did not say, quit doing these things. Notice what he said. But you, when you do your charitable deeds... Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. These same Pharisees who love to fast and to give and to pray in ways that made everybody notice them. Listen to what Jesus said about their prayers on the corners of the street as well or in the synagogues. He says, but you when you pray... Enter into your house, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees from the secret place will himself reward you. Jesus made sure to say the problem is not the action. The problem is not what was done. The problem is the attitude with which it was practiced, the way it was observed, as though everyone else is worse because you don't do it like I do. I want to suggest to you, if you decide in some way to have a special religious day for the Lord... It might be the traditional ones that many Christians or religious people use, or you might have your own. Let me suggest to you, don't do it in a way. Don't develop the mentality that can creep in so easily that says, because I'm doing it and you're not, I am better than you. Number two, here's another danger that can come from this religious holiday observance. I want to call it this way. It is dangerous if it is used as a do-over. Now, you know what we mean by do-over. We mess up and we say, okay, give me another chance. Well, I have to say that I am in a bit of mourning this weekend because the Masters Golf Tournament did not happen. 
Oh, and I was upset. I love to sit back in the Masters Golf Tournament and just watch that beautiful course and admire all those people and imagine myself being there making those shots. I absolutely love it. And this afternoon, they're replaying last year's final, and I'm watching it, and I'm loving it. And with three holes to go, they cut it off so Andy could talk to us. Oh, man. It has been rough. You know, in golf, this do-over, you know what it's called? It's called a mulligan. A mulligan. In other words, you made a bad shot. We're going to give you another one. Don't even count that one. Well, that doesn't exist literally in the golf world, but it exists sometimes in my world. Don't let the observance of religious holidays be used as a mulligan. A do-over. Here's what I mean by that. When someone messes up or does something bad, realizes they have sinned, don't then say, okay, I'm going to observe this day specially because it's going to counteract the, the, the deed that I did that was sinful. I, I'm going to do something to balance out the spreadsheet. In the religious world, it's being used. It's called penance. Penance is a concept that says, just tell me what I can do to hurt myself, to deny myself, to make up for something I did that was bad. Well, the Bible never one time discusses penance. The idea of penance, or penance, does not even exist in Scripture. That's a man-made idea. God never presented the idea that says, if you do one thing bad, then you can do another good thing, make up for it. That cancels it out, and you're on good standing again. Because that's a way that we sort of live our lives as though God is keeping marks of things good and bad. And, and we have to do a balance to the balance sheet, or we're in trouble. The Bible doesn't talk about penance. The Bible talks about repentance. One of the best illustrations, definitions of repentance may be found in the Old Testament. In Joel chapter 2 and in verse 13, the prophet Joel made a really simple statement that is powerful about repentance. He said to these people who had sinned and he was telling them that they were in trouble. Here's what he said, rend your hearts, not your garments. In other words, God wants a broken heart, not a torn garment. That's the idea of penance. A penance is an outward action where I'm trying to countermand another action that I did that was wrong. Tear the garment. But God wants us to repent. Cut the heart. Change the mind. If you decide to observe a special religious holiday to the Lord, make sure you're not doing it subtly, consciously, as a way of saying, I did these bad things, now I'm going to fix it with these good things. If you do that, 
That's a dangerous thing with respect to these special days. Number three, these special observances of religious days can be dangerous if they become a substitute for what God has mandated that we do. In other words, we might be in a situation where God says, I want you to do this, but instead I substitute this. We know that God wants us to assemble weekly. Hebrews 10.25 says so. Do not forsake assembling yourselves together. God wants us to do that. God wants us to do that because we need it for God. That is, we need to be in contact with God as a community of believers, a family in worship. God knows that we need that. Therefore, He mandated that we do it. And number two, He's mandated that we need it for each other. The time of assembling and being together is to encourage, inspire, and build up each other. God has told us, get together weekly. What if I decide that I don't want to? And instead I'm going to substitute this day instead of that day. I will admit to you, I will admit to you that the problem that we're now facing creates a bit of a concern. You know, not being here, not doing what we've always done is a little bit exciting, isn't it? It's different. There are many good facets about it. It's this family time. It's this connecting time. Uh, there are things that are happening that are really, really good. But I'll tell you the danger is on the other side. And the danger is that we might like this so much that we choose not to come back when we can, that would be a mistake. Now, I know there are people who can't. We all understand that. But if we are able, when we're able, allowed, when it's good and right for us to be together again, we need to be here. We don't need to decide, oh, I like this and I'm going to do this from now on. God will not be pleased because that would be a substitute for what we can do. Don't do that. God, through what Jesus told us in Matthew 6, said, don't let this special stuff substitute for the mandated thing. Instead, let it support the mandated thing. Look at Matthew 6, 16 through 18. When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to fast. They, uh, they make their faces appear so that men will see that they are fasting. But Jesus said, when you fast, wash your face, fix your hair, so that no one will know that you are. So that God, who sees what you do secretly, that is, He sees the heart, He'll reward you based on that. Never should we allow this special holiday concept to substitute for what God has mandated. Number four, special religious holidays can be dangerous because they can be a part of fulfilling selfish desires. After all, since they are not mandated and they are merely 
approved or licensed for individuals to decide, then an individual decides how and when to do it. That could be open to such selfish ideas and actions. I have never, never been to Mardi Gras. Don't plan to go to Mardi Gras. I've heard a lot about Mardi Gras. I've heard a lot about what happens there. That is the last, if you will, party time before going into a spiritual time. You know, there's just a real problem with that, it seems to me. Here, here's the idea. What if we as Christians said, we're going to be in worship Sunday morning. So Saturday night, let's get all of our partying out of the way so that we'll be ready for worship on Sunday. Now, how much sense does that make? Makes none. Mardi Gras, this, this whole idea of preparing for this time of self-sacrifice by overabundant participation in evil shows that sometimes doing things in a way of observing special holidays that God has not mandated opens one up to all of these selfish things that a person might want to do. I want you to look at an interesting passage, at least for me it is, in Jeremiah 44. Jeremiah is talking to the people of God as they had gone off into sin. He was called the weeping prophet because under him he knew that they were going to be carried off into captivity. He tried so hard to keep them faithful. Start with me in verse 15. Then all the men who knew that their wives had burned incense to other gods, with all the women who stood by, a great multitude, and all the people who dwelt in the land of Egypt in Pathros answered Jeremiah saying, here's what they said, to the prophet. As for the word which you've spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you. But we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our own mouth to burn incense. Now notice this. To burn incense to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings to her as we have done. We and our fathers, our kings and our princes, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we have plenty of food, were well off, saw no trouble. But since we stopped burning incense to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. The women also said, and when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, uh, did we make cakes for her to worship her, pour out drink offerings to her without our husband's permission? We did not. That's the idea. Briefly, quickly. This queen of heaven, there was a goddess by the name of Astarte. There is a good bit of evidence that the word only used one time in one version in Acts chapter 12 and verse 4. Easter. 
That's the only version, the King James Version, is the only one that puts the word Easter there. But there is a lot of evidence to say that word Easter may very well have derived from the word called Astarte, the Queen of Heaven, so that Easter celebration was actually a celebration of worshiping idol gods, particularly the female god, maybe, sun, moon, and stars. Whatever this really is, here's what I know. This was Israel's Mardi Gras. God was not pleased because it was everything that God did not want. God calls us to selflessness. Galatians 5:16 Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. While there are people who devise these special holidays and religious observances from their own desires, from their own ideas, many times reflecting selfish, sinful things. God calls us to selflessness. If you decide to observe a particular religious holiday to the Lord, make sure that it is done in a selfless way, not guided by those selfish desires that become a part of us so often. Number five, these days can be dangerous if they are an effort to join the majority and to be like everybody else. As I said, We've not engaged in the church observance of these special holidays because we leave that to individuals. But what if we decided everybody else is doing it, all these other people and all these other churches are doing it, we ought to jump in and do the same thing so that we will be like them. Listen to what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Samuel, the last judge of God's people, spoke to the people of God because they wanted a king. And he tried to tell them, you don't want a king. When a king is given to you, he'll, he'll abuse you, he'll take your stuff, he'll rule over you with an iron fist. You don't want a king. But in verse 18 to 1 Samuel 8, we will not listen to you, Samuel. We want a king. Verse 19, we want a king over us, notice, to be like all the other nations. To judge us, to go before us and to fight our battles. Wait a minute, they already had God. They didn't need anybody to lead them. They already had God. But these people looked at everybody around them and said, we want to be like them. And the idea of Wanting to be like everybody else. God says he wants us to be unique. Come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. 
Or how about Peter when he said in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. God calls us to be unique, special, different, called out. If we are led by the mentality of being like everyone else, we are on a dangerous path. If you decide to observe a particular religious holiday between you and the Lord, make sure it's because of you, not because of wanting to be like everybody else. Number six, these can be dangerous because they might come from a mentality that says, I want to be different and I don't like what we've been doing. God has always appreciated the traditional mindset. Jeremiah, when he's trying to get these people to stay faithful to the Lord, he says in chapter 6 and verse 16, Seek the old paths. Walk in them. God appreciated the traditional mindset in the Old Testament. God appreciates the traditional mindset in the New Testament. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 15, Paul said to that church, Keep the traditions which have been Delivered what you have received from us, whether by word or by our actions. Notice the traditional mindset. What does that mean? Does that mean stuck in a hole, stuck in a ditch? No, it means guided by the things that have already been revealed. Stay in the mindset and the pathway of that which has been proven to be true and right and good. And don't always long for something different just because it is different. Back to Jeremiah 6 and verse 16. After he said, seek the old paths, the people said, we will not Walk in them. There are some people who are trying to change God's message because they don't like it. They don't like it because they claim it is out of time and out of focus. It dealt with cultures that are past and it doesn't deal with the culture that is present. And therefore we don't like it and we want to change it and update it and make it more compatible with today. Wait a minute. The wise men said in the Old Testament, there is nothing new under the sun. The message of God is new and fresh to every generation, to every culture, to every society. It never has changed. It never will change. It doesn't need to be changed. Now, admittedly, the methodologies by which we 
hold on to these tra the traditional things that we have from God, they certainly do change. Just a few years ago, <laughs> we would not be able to meet like this had this happened because we weren't ready for it. Maybe the technology was there and we didn't have it. And a few years before that, the technology didn't exist. We could not do this. But being able to do this is a good way of holding on to the tradition. The tradition is from God, assemble together. That's what we're attempting to do in the best way that we can through an updated platform because it's now available to us. And this is the best that we can do. If you decide to observe a special religious holiday, make sure it's not something that you're doing just to be different and to show up everybody else. I want to close with this idea. Again, these special holidays can be useful. They really can if they're used in a proper way. These special things, these special days, should be between you and the Lord. This is your walk with the Lord. This is what you are doing. Philippians 2 and 12 sums it up very well. As you've always done in my presence and now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Have your life of faithfulness between you and the Lord. And if that involves some of these, that's fine. But remember that there are dangers that if we don't get hold of them, if we don't plan to deal with them, if we don't make sure that we are where God wants us to be emotionally, mentally, Physically, we can have a lot of dangerous things in our lives. I hope today's <clears throat> thoughts have been helpful to you. I hope they've helped us to concentrate on the idea of planning to serve and to follow God. I hope that this emphasis on observing special days will make someone who is not a child of God, think. Think about how special it is to be a child of God. How special it is to be in that relationship with the Lord. And how dangerous it is not to be in that relationship. I hope that if you're not a child of God that you'll choose to be. And if you're not faithful in your observance, walking in the Spirit as God would have you, I hope this series of thoughts will help all of us to be more faithful to our God. Thank you for joining us. I think we have another song before we close with prayer. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.